there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency. Welcome to Breakaway Agent Team Leader Edition. In a world of real estate pros struggling to get ahead, there are a few who emerge and may become wildly successful. If you are or are working to become one of those breakaway agents who is building a team, then this show is for you. Thank you so much for listening. And even if you just get one thing out of this episode that helps your business grow, that is a huge win. Hopefully you'll get a, a few nuggets to help you move forward. Today, I'm so excited to welcome a very, very, very close friend of mine and my husband, Dwayne's, John Ellis, CEO and team leader with Keller Williams Northwest Montana Realty. Hey, John. Hello. <laughs> so good to see you. And thank you for being here. Um, John has been a licensed um John has been licensed as a real estate agent since 1990. He has led in many areas, areas of the real estate industry, including being a mega agent, real estate broker, owner, coach, land developer, and builder. Um, I somehow remember a lot of those yes, years. Slow, <laughs> I'm like, wow. Yep. Even though we're still standing. That's right. That's right. We have a lot of history and I'm, I just always love to hear your um, perspective. And so I just, I know how busy you are. I know you're just absolutely killing it out here. So I appreciate that you took, took the time and carved it out and made this happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got, got a room full of awesomeness and, um, Taylor back at home and um, yeah, well, you know, I just kind of gave a little synopsis about you, but why don't you just kind of share a little bit about yourself and what got you here? How far back? How long we got? Well, <laughs> they start like it's totally up to you. I have all the time in the world and I know how to edit audio, oh, but I would love, I would love for you to just kind of share some things that you feel got you here that might encourage someone who is kind of getting ahead in real estate and is, um, you know, we all kind of subscribe to that team mentality. So just some key points that help brought you to that and where now you're leading these huge teams and kind of where you're at with that as well. All right. So I'm an entrepreneur, so I get bored really easy. So I master whatever I focus on, whether it's mega agent or builder, whatever. Uh, builder got unwound for me a little, a little faster than I had anticipated, but developed since mid nineties. So now that I'm focused on a team, we're building a team. So at this point, my biggest aha is definitely hiring the right people mm. and taking however much, uh, however much time it takes. Everybody don't have the KPA tool, which is a Keller Williams tool. It's kind of a personality assessment. I think everybody ought to take that that gets into real estate. Unfortunately, it's not available at all. So I would go to the disc. Like if I wasn't in Keller Williams, never worked in real estate again, my one thing that I've taken away over the last year would definitely be the career visioning process of Keller Williams, which really ties into the KPA. It's a long process. Mm -hmm. Used to, if somebody was handy, I'd just hire them or I'd interview. And now starting with the process, I don't even start an interview till we have 50 applications. The, the time frame is usually two months. So you kind of got to let the person, people know that mistakes going forward, you know, or looking back, kind of got to let them know, Hey, this is a process. It's, it's a little unique. There's tests along the way. There's different types of interviews along the way. And it's a system. Uh, I I've seen it a couple of times where I, we've done it maybe probably at 80, 85%. And uh, 
the people that you start with, you think, oh my gosh, they're the perfect person. Knee jerk, I'd have hired them, right? Mm-hmm. They don't even come into the top 10% through mm-hmm. the process. The process. And uh, the other thing about getting the right person, because I've, I still see mega agents all the time, even with our company and without, you know, just across the country, people just hiring and then they don't work out because they don't take the time and then they fire really mm-hmm. quick or they don't fire, which is even worse and they drag their business down. And it's, it's really about not only hiring the right person, but hiring the right person for the right position. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, I did a, had an opportunity to do a career visioning over the last year. And that year that I career visioned, if you will, I was coaching every month, getting ready to move this person into this community to be a big part of this company. And I was going uh, one direction and all of a sudden through the career visioning, I realized, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm hiring an amazing guy for the wrong position. He would have failed. We would have failed. So this KPA, that's a, just to kind of back up because amazing things are happening. And I feel um, that's an assessment uh, format that, is used by Keller Williams is proprietary to Keller Williams. It, it is. But mo- there's, what are some pieces that can be, that someone like I'm hearing that it, it includes uh, some assessment at the beginning and you mentioned disc, which actually anyone can take online. Right. Look Free it up on, on Tony Robbins. Right? You know, just, just do the disc and then understand what personality they are. And the more you study disc, the more you can say, do I want a high D for that particular position? Or do I want a high C or do I want, Mm-hmm. whatever whatever it's like high D being like driven yeah you know, like a, a driver personality you may or not may not want a high D for a transaction coordinator but you might want it for a showing agent right or a listing agent especially right so as the rainmaker or the person in charge of your team CEO team leader rainmaker whatever you call that position you, you've got to really analyze what you want and and what that position really entails. And then you've got to hire for that position. And the other thing I've noticed about having that process is sometimes when you're taking that two or three months and you're putting the word out and we don't necessarily stop them until we're just flooded with resumes. But once you're putting it out, sometimes you're, amazing person comes along halfway or three quarters of the way that you had already made your decision in a normal hiring process. Well, and two, let me just kind of ask too, um, cause I know in a, this is a small area. So you're talking about a lot of resumes that I know in billings would be like, what? That's a, I mean, that's a lot of resume resumes. I mean, so 28,000 people in this town, people are like, no way I start with five. I'm like, well, start with five. Right. So it just shows the value of really doing it correctly, even if it seems like a big task. It's all about a funnel, just like with doing business. Mm -hmm. Even in real estate, you're all about mats, trying to turn them to appointments and funnel them into your your transaction. It's a funnel and the same thing with hiring. Mm -hmm. And so so there's the assessment and um, and then the having enough of the applicants to even proceed to the interview part. And so are there other parts to this there's process? Several, there are several parts, but I don't know if it'll add value if uh-huh. you're not with Keller Williams. But in saying that, the first thing we do is send out the assessment. If they're not willing to do the assessment, we already wipe out half of them. In saying that, we usually send one more email because we know emails really isn't effective now. And I don't want to 
blow up for somebody that might be a good candidate that's just got like 500 emails a day coming in like me and can't always check them. So we do make an attempt to send it back out. In the future, we'll do video attempts or text probably or something that's more edgy since emails kind of come and gone. In saying that, um, that's the first step. So now we go from 50 to 25. Mm-hmm. In that in that 25, we we kind of get to get a get to know. Mm-hmm. Then we we have uh, an interview where it's more of a historical kind of going over their resume and it's a process of, of starting when they're in school and working out and asking them what went right, what went wrong, kind of working through that process. So we do that four times. Um, and then one of the interviews is like a group interview. So one of the interviews they come in and meet the team or at least team members, it might be ALC in our case, because uh, agent leadership councils, what runs Keller Williams, a lot mm. of people don't realize that. So we might bring an ALC member in um, or if it's team player, it, it might just be the whole team coming in there and getting to know them mm. at the same time. And then the last thing, the last process, I already know we're going to hire them at this point. Um, but the last process, I, I check resumes. So most people give like three or four of their favorite people. I take those three or four and I call them and find out what, what went right, what went wrong, you know, all that. And then at the end of, Again, it's a system. Mm-hmm. Everything's systematized, just like as an agent, everything's got to be a system. So I'm kind of, without having my whole process in front of me, I'm just kind of giving you a little bit. Oh, yeah, of course. But in saying that, we will call 3D. Mm. So if you give me a, a referral, a reference, I will call that reference and get another reference. And then I'll call that reference and get a reference. And I'll do that. I might end up talking with 16 people. Mm-hmm. And what I'm really looking for is not how wonderful you are, because I got that from the first reference. Mm-hmm. really what I'm following trying to find out is what more I can learn to help you grow as a higher long-term because mm-hmm. I'm going to find out your faults mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to find out your faults for why not to hire you because I've already made that decision. Right. By the time I make that call, I've made the decision. It's like, where do you not want that person That's to right. struggle? Yeah. And it may be the most unbelievable hire that I've miscalculated too, mm-hmm. or it might just be, Hey, if, if they get, in this situation, this stress level that I know this is a stress load and I know this is what to look out for. Cause I'm talking to managers. I'm talking to people that they might've fired mm-hmm. if they were in management or they may have got fired from. So I'm looking for how did that get to that point mm-hmm. so that I, I can learn. So now when a hire comes to me, I know how to manage that situation. It's not a knee jerk. I know their personality type. I know the words to use. Like, mm. let's just go back to disc. Mm-hmm. In disc, there's certain words you use for certain personality types. There's usually a, a number one personality, and number two personality type. So between those two, you kind of go back and forth. We're all of them, of course, mm-hmm. but we you kind of dominate. dominate those two. And sometimes they're pretty close. Mm-hmm. In saying that, there's words and verbiage you use to communicate whether you're a salesperson to a concern, consumer sitting across the table or to a hire. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. Oh, it's all about the hire. Uh, it's all about the hire, whether you're running a team of 130 like I am, or you're trying to hire your first assistant. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is probably the most technical part of this whole interview, but I know that hiring is a struggle in every industry. And particularly I feel um, in real estate is such a great opportunity for different personality types to really excel. And so I think it's really valuable for people to see little nuances because a lot of 
a lot of people who are listening are probably dealing with a lot of what you were just talking about. So, you know, some, there might be something that you're doing that's like, Oh, that's how you do that. So are you able to share, like, how do you get so many, or how, do you, how do you get so many applications and resumes? Um, well, at first you blow it up, you spend money. You don't like, Oh, I'm going to put it in the paper one place. Mm -hmm. You put it everywhere, everywhere, nationally, everywhere. Well, in our case, Keller Williams, any of the internet sites, the papers, anywhere and everywhere. And again, it takes a while. And in this process, we've made mistakes that I've made notes of. Like now the first applications, we start communicating, letting them know, hey, this is going to be open for a couple months. We try to reward the people kind of coming into it because we're, we're our small community. So I don't want to interview you. And then you think, oh, Keller Williams, that's the worst place ever. Because mm. they interviewed me once and talked to me. So the communication part is where I've got to take before I give myself an eight and a half or nine or 10. So it's the communication, especially from the, people you interviewed that's not making it and the first people come in because you might have an before I start interviewing I might have an application that's 30 40 days old mm. and most people be like oh I've got to hire somebody tomorrow so I got these three people I'm gonna hire one of the three the process by the time you go from 50 down you should have three people that it is such a hard decision what which one of those three to hire you can't even hardly figure it out. Mm -hmm. it, they're so amazing by the time you filter it and funnel it down to that higher, that last piece of the hiring process. Well, one thing I think is so fascinating is that it's so, it is such a parallel to actually selling real estate. So it seems like if as team leaders go, okay, I'm in production. Now I want to lead a team. It seems a natural pro progression, but I think it doesn't always connect that it's so the same. It's like, it's math. It's like, you have to get, you have to contact so many people you're systems. looking for the right people, you know, just like a client. If you're, if you take everybody, um, it's going to be a terrible existence, <laughs> but, exactly right. but so it's really fascinating to me. Um, and, um, just real quick, are you in production? I am not. Okay. Very good. So team leading, that's number one. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, I you we did like a thousand transactions this year. Before, <laughs> so I guess I am kind of, in that's production. awesome. Well, you are an integral part of that team that makes that happen. So, um, okay, so so are you still looking to build your team? I know. Why don't you talk a little bit about the growth? Because, um, yeah, why don't you do that? <laughs> so, as far as the company itself. Well, like, how or, long have you been here, okay. and yeah. what what's happened? Like, okay. so the I've been here a little over a year, and uh, I have um, the ability to build a team, I have ability to take on additional coaching clients, but. Not but and the biggest thing is to build the team for the company first. Mm -hmm. So you all, some CEOs come in, they just fire everybody. I mean, I know a lot of them. everybody's gone like mm -hmm. almost immediately. I work really, really hard trying to keep the team intact. Mm -hmm. Some of the team stuck and, and we've got team members that are here that we're able to grow and, and, launch and, and help them and help the company and some are not here. Mm -hmm. So this first year was really about building the team. Mm -hmm. If I was a mega agent, I'd be doing the same process. Mm -hmm. I'd be saying, what, what's the one thing? And then me, it'd be a transaction coordinator, whether it was virtual or right here in my face. Uh, if I was starting a team, literally before I did a transaction, I'd hire somebody. That's, that's just from experience. Cause mm -hmm. I know I'll do 50, 60, hundred deals a year. Mm -hmm. If I was brand new, 
I would want to get to a certain level. And I, I would follow the MREA book, which is the millionaire real estate agent that Gary Keller wrote. I would follow it to the, to the nth degree. And here's why I've met people all over the country and actually world at this point within Keller Williams knew nothing about real estate within one year, two years, three years. They're like making a million net just following the model. And they're like, uh, I just didn't know any better. So I just kind of followed the book. It's like incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's a good book. I, we're actually listening to it right now. Yeah, it's really, yeah. I'm on my fifth round of it and <laughs> <laughs> still trying to master it. And, and, and I mean, and I guess I wanted to just kind of share with everyone, like you've done this at scale. Oh, yeah. And so whether you're just starting to build a team, you know, how you're building it from the beginning, if you really want to scale, you want to be doing it at a small scale, how you'll be duplicating it at larger scale. And so I guess I just wanted to share, like you've, you've not only you're growing this team at an amazing rate, but you also grew a Century 21 office as well. So we had 150 agents there, four, four locations. We, you know, I've done hundred transactions a year as a mega agent. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my cap without help kind of built. I mean, without intense help, mm-hmm. same with building. I've built 65 houses a year for several years, develop, you know, mm-hmm. hundred lots. So you've definitely, so everything's right at hundred. <laughs> so, um, is culture part of your strategy? Culture is a strategy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, uh, if, if there's one thing, uh, again, going back to the ALC. So this year here will be our first year. The ALC is more in line. I uh, know that. Well, I don't want to say that it's incredible ALC, but as I've grown and as my lid has raised my ability to leverage like the ALC and to what's specific, their role. Cause I guess every, every, every ALC member has a different role. There might be culture, there might be growth. Uh, there might be so where do they come from? Like, are they appointed? They're always the top or? 20% okay. and I point them. I, I send out applications to the top 20% in the company and then I interview them. Oh, okay. okay. And that interview process is just a couple little pieces of the KPA because they're already here and I already know them to a degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's some ALCs is threes. Most I've ever heard of is eight. Ours is five this year. So do they year. serve as leadership to the rest of the team or how? what's they their do. purpose? So, yeah, so the ALC purpose is to kind of run the company. So back when Gary got kind of tuck over by a dependent model and said, Oh, okay, moving forward, I want to build a company that nobody wants to leave. So that he built kind of an interdependent model. Part of that was the ALC. So as a CEO, I meet with the ALC once a, a month, the ownership, none of the ownerships invited. So any agent that, wants to bring stuff to the ALC, like there's a problem or there's a direction they want to run mm-hmm. as a company, they bring it to me. We can't like, as the ALC body, we can't like, hey, we want to spend a million dollars. But we can, it sets the tone and direction for the company. Okay. It's also checks and balances for the CEO since the ownership group isn't really running the company. Uh, the CEO is. So we look at, we review the finances, we review the growth, we review the culture kind of like an advisory board it is definitely an advisory board i mean and culture's big i mean one of my biggest decisions over the last month was um letting go one of our top agents so what does culture mean to you in your workplace uh culture means uh I, i guess red day would probably set it all up first thursday of may we shut the office down and we do nothing to serve the community 
I think this last year we did 17 grocery stores, manned them and collected like, I don't know, several thousand dollars and seven or 8,000 pounds of groceries. This next year will be triple that because everything was lightweight. Not my canned goods, not, not Tomorama or whatever it's called. <laughs> I was thinking I was going to fill a semi load. I was like, we're going to do 20,000 uh, pounds. Like wow. So, service is a big part of your culture. Big. What are some other? Serving each other and serving the community. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the, the culture starts with the top, and the mm -hmm. top says God, family, business, and it's ran like that on a local level. Mm -hmm. So, if one of our staff has an issue, we come around and support that staff. Um, I don't know who I was going to be listening to this. I was going to give an example, but people have figured it out. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, like uh, I had uh, somebody that was working with somebody else within the company. And uh, let me give you an example. I'll, I'll give you a better example than that. That way it's not close to home. <laughs> so I'm at an ALC retreat last year learning how to do the LC because every ALC member and team leader has to go every year to get trained. So I was there and this guy stood up and started kind of, I mean, big old burly guy said, yeah, I was only with Keller Williams a month. I got cancer. Keller Williams ended up paying me $20,000 and I've never done a deal. Oh, that is culture. Yeah. On yeah. a high level. So it's like a family type. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of family plus. I mean, really, because, um, you know, Family plus action almost. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, sometimes with family, you know, you'll see a family and they're like, man, that would be really caring for the family. And they're like, got a grudge or got something going on. Those things are resolved here. Mm -hmm. We resolve those. Actually, one of the questions when I'm interviewing the ALC is, have you ever had a beef with anybody in the company and how did you resolve it? I mean, mm -hmm. I remember that one like that because they're not going to be helping direct the company if they've ever had a beef and didn't handle it right. right. Unless they can show it to me, hey, I didn't handle it right. This is the situation I had, but here's how I've grown and here's how hmm. I would handle in the future. Right. So you want good humans. So how is that baked into the recruitment process? Um, well, I guess my philosophy is that if you've got the best place to work and your agents are happy, they're going to tell everybody about it and they're going to be the biggest part of your group. It probably helps with the why you have so many applications. Yeah, too. yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, you know, because people that want to work for us. I mean, mm -hmm. beyond us and how amazing we are right here in Little Kalispell, we're voted the best place to work in, in the country. Mm -hmm. I mean, competing with with Google and yeah. Apple. Yeah, you know, we're voted number one. I mean, it's not real estate. We're number one. We're like the best place to work. Mm -hmm. So that is an advantage we have when we send out into the everywhere trying to scoop up as many applications as we can for sure. Yeah. It's awesome. So um okay, here's something. Oh wait, no. Okay, if you could okay, so you have all these agents and you're like, yeah, I want you to succeed. If you could just make them do three things, like you're the boss of the world and you could just make them do three things and just it would just change their transform their business, what would those three things be? Um in general, it would be figuring out a way to prospect, lead gen, nets, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. way more than you can handle because it's a funnel. Mm -hmm. So you need to figure out a lot of ways to meet people via internet, this, that, and the other. Specifically, I like bringing in new technology with old school. Mm -hmm. Old school, face-to-face, -face, new technology, or how, what would that look like? That would look like 
mega open houses. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get 40, 50 people in an open house, you're meeting them face to face. It's all about how good your scripts is, setting the appointment right there. I don't, I don't care if they're qualified or not at that point. I'm going to set appointments. If I do an open house and get 50 people, I'm going to have 10 appointments now. Several of them might not happen because mm-hmm. then I'll call back and, you know, talk about qualifications, talk about or confirm our appointments, stuff like that. But I like mega open houses. I figure for every five open house signs, I get a buyer. For every 10 door knocks, I get a seller. And I'm big at getting listings from open houses. I mean, and one thing that always I always remember is you always had the epic open houses. You were known for them when we lived in Washington and you were like, king of real estate and um if i ever had someone that i'm like this is your open house coach you would definitely be the coach because you're so creative and And that was before it was cool i mean now they do it all the time on million dollar listing but you know back then it was not it was unheard of i remember i remember when i was at Everett as a new agent the uh one of my it would be like a seven million dollar five million dollar house today and, and the guy was uh the CEO of J.C. Penney in the Alderwood Mall. Okay. They lived in uh, North Everett, up on the view, you know, big house. So I got that listing. I mean, it's like incredible, right? And uh, and literally, he would dress in a clown suit and go out on the highway, <laughs> driving to drive people. Talk about leverage. That's commitment, right there. Leverage, 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 leverage. Now that I'm working with Kevin Williams, I understand that. Okay. I've learned more about open houses this year than what I've ever known. Mm. And the reason is because this was an anti-open house mm. town, an anti-open house office. Mm. So they, let's say this, this company uh, roughly has been around since 2006, let's mm. just say. I think it's later now. But let's say in the last 10 years, they have done 25 open houses. I've done 80 in the last two months. Okay. And high level. I mean, we've nice. ordered over 200 open house signs. I mean, we're talking about ever 50s a pallet. Mm. I think we ordered a couple hundred of them and we're not going. Wow. Uh, I expect to order another couple hundred next year. Okay. So boss of the world, number one, yeah. open houses. Yes, for sure. Now, what do you do with those open houses? All, it can all, it's, everything I can teach can be tied to any lead generating piece, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's open houses or whatever it is, mm-hmm. open houses just be, seems to be now money and you can make a million dollars a year at it mm-hmm. if you master it. So it's now money. It costs you not, once you buy it, I've got signs that I bought 28 years ago and mm. I still have them. So you buy an open house <laughs> sign for $35, it lasts you forever, right? Right. So it's inexpensive. Mm. I mean, all, all you should ever open, spend in an open house when you first started is maybe a dollar balloon from the dollar store. Right? <laughs> so it's inexpensive. So tied to that is scripts. If you don't know what to say, you're not going to say it right. Mm. I mean, what's the first open or what's the first script you learn as a, as a kid? What's your first one? My first script as a kid? Yeah. I know what one of mine was. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. That's a script, right? Yep. One of mine that I remember is trick or treat. Right? Yeah. That's a script. Yeah. It's all about scripts. And if you're not setting the appointment, it's script. If you're not getting the closing, it's script. So if you got this big funnel where you're meeting hundreds of people a year, which is easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be an introvert and meet 100 people a year, mm-hmm. right? So it's all about how you talk to them and having a system how you talk to them there's a lot of scripts out there you can modify them a lot of them have embedded commands and nlp and kind of embedded in it so they know it works but you can change it and make your own if you want mm-hmm. i would take off the shelf there's free mm-hmm. i mean 
Let's jump away from Keller Williams a little bit. You can go on to Mike Ferry, Tom Ferry, and get all their scripts for free. You can They're actually free. go to onlinemarketinghelp.net, and we have a free See, there you script listen. giveaway. That's another free script. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's another one. <laughs> so, so it's all about the script. Now, how, do you, how long does it take to master something? They always say 10,000 hours. So you're not going to just grab a script. I see people, the biggest, the biggest thing I see that people do wrong with scripts is they grab 50 scripts and they try to master them. You got to buy, you got to get one. So if you're doing open houses, that's the only script you got to learn, right? Mm -hmm. So every morning you're practicing, you're practicing. I mean, like an hour a morning, you master that to where then you start tying in with the scripts, you, you objection handlers, which mm -hmm. goes along with them because with that script and with somebody coming into your open house, you're going to get objections. So the industry is really simple. Mm -hmm. It's not easy, mm -hmm. but it's simple. It's meeting people, knowing how to talk to them, and getting the deal closed. Right. Uh, the CRM uh, database, the follow-up, is the third piece. Okay. If you're not following up, if you don't have a system for follow-up, you'll fail. Mm -hmm. um, so do you guys use the Keller Williams CRM? or We do. Uh, uh, Gary right now spends a billion dollars. Our whole industry's changing. He's changing it. He's leading it. We've got a new one called Keller Command that's high level. If if I wasn't with Keller or if I wasn't, if they weren't developing, I used to have about 10 other ones. The mm -hmm. only one I'd recommend right now is Brevity. Mm -hmm. Brevity will marry up with command. He's one of uh, Gary Keller's mega agents that created it and owns it. So okay. that's who I'd recommend. But those three steps. And again, if you're on the backside, getting the client, getting the sell, used to be half or even 70%. Good, bad, or ugly, it's it's probably 40 to 50% at most. Getting them closed mm. is 50, 60, 70%. Mm -hmm. So that means you got to have a system for that. Mm -hmm. you know. And, and there's, let's say, 190 steps from the time you go pending to get them closed. you got to know and understand that system. Or as we go through this little bit of a shift, buyers will be more fickle. Mm -hmm. So they might say, nah, I don't want this house, over something that if you have a system, and you're doing high quality service at a high level, they'll be like, I know, I know John's taking care of me. Yeah. So we'll be right. It's, we'll, we'll work through this. Well, process. and the magic of that, you know, it could, you could look at it like, oh, it's one more thing to take care of. But the magic of it is that is where real estate agents create their value. Because anymore, buyers are coming, coming to us, you know, coming not to me because I'm not an agent, but coming to agents already knowing like these are the four houses that I love. And, um, I've been to the open house. I've seen inside of it. So the value I've always felt the value of an agent is from the moment that the deal's accepted until it closes. Like that's, I feel like that's the hardest part. And so understanding what you're talking about, where the CRM beyond just the finding the client, that's really where the value is going to be built. And that's where, um, I feel like it's going to yeah. set the big boys apart from the, there's, ones one, fall behind. there's one other little piece and I call it the Columbus effect. So, if Columbus discovered America, why isn't it called America? So, 80% of buyers that buy a home today that'll be a seller within five to seven years don't use a realtor. Mm. It's Columbus fact, right? So, Columbus didn't service America. Who did? Amerigo. Mm -hmm. He serviced America, so they named it after him. Mm -hmm. So, the guy that discovered it didn't follow up on the sale. Mm. So, and that's the last piece. I mean, 80%, you want to talk about a market to grab. That's it. Yeah. That's why, again, coming back to the CRM. So it's that, it's instead of just beating yourself up all the time, filling the funnel with 
cold leads or warm leads from an open house. Now all of a sudden you got a hot lead when we were doing business. That's that last that's awesome. Well, thanks. So um, I love that you're so committed to growth. You've always been like this, like it's just full speed ahead, a thousand percent in. I just love it. Um, what are one or two things that you struggle with today when it comes to growing the business? Um, still, uh, part of our culture is you learn before you earn. Mm. So this Keller Williams culture is, is, you know, we always say all the time, it's it's really not a real estate company. It's a technology training company disguised as a real estate company. So in saying that, we are still, you know, the the model that I used to run was uh, a dependent model. It's Century 21. It's kind of that 70, 80 model where the realtors are dependent on me and I'm boss. And, mm -hmm. and, and I kind of give them the leads, if you will, and I do the marketing. Then kind of this independent model came along kind of the remax kind of structure well this interdependent model is really a partnership it's almost like we work for the agents in some sense so now we've got independent minded people that if they're not in culture and they don't understand you learn before you earn it's still that it's still that getting them in the seat if they would if they would get in the seat and strap on and learn they, they would be mega agents, but they're chasing their tail, trying to create their own way instead of learning. Mm. I mean, it is simple. Mm. This business is simple. Again, not easy. You got to do the work. Right. But it's a simple business. It's a simple little six, seven step formula. Mm. And if you follow that formula, but you got to learn the formula, you got to sit in the seat, strap on, put your time in the, in the classroom, getting your licenses, just, uh, a piece of paper and most companies don't train and most agents kind of which is good I mean they kind of you know unlike Harvard where you get out of school and you own you owe several hundred thousand you can kind of go to school and earn at the same time in real estate and that's a good thing but it's also a bad thing mm -hmm. because the agents that will put the time in and learn this to where they're not beating their head against the wall thrive Right, right. They and they make it through the umps. They make it through the shifts. Mm -hmm. So anything else that you're struggling with, you think, when it comes to growth? Did I even answer the question? You did. <laughs> no, you did. Because I think, I think what I heard was um, you struggle with, I mean, it's really messaging and attracting the people that already have buy-in. Like, ah, uh, I get it. Um, I envision burnt out agents who have been in it for a few months and tried it the wrong like who was it winston churchill's like it's the american way you try it all the wrong ways before you do the right way i mean i honestly that's the first thing that popped into my head was like yeah exactly so so how to fix that yeah we're being stronger in the interview even if it's a experienced agent we're anybody that hasn't done like five or six deals which is triple the average for realtors you know it's like still two point deals a year or something they're they're getting a coach assigned to them immediately. They've got a choice because we've got three coaches, but everybody's coaching going forward. Mm -hmm. So everybody on the team kind of has coaching that happens. Well, everybody's got opportunity for coaching coming in, but I'm saying mm -hmm. if I'm hiring a brand new agent or even an agent from another company that hasn't done like five deals this year, mm -hmm. they go they get a coach. Okay. Yeah. So that'll that'll solve some of that problem because that coach will not only help them get the transaction or the paperwork or understand 
some of these systems I've talked about, but they'll also direct them into training. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. Sure. Um, so you're busy and you're a team leader. And uh, so what does a typical day look like for you? I pretty much light my hair on fire. And All right. <laughs> and everyone else is like, when you, when you, when you, probably when you apply, it's like, so do you know how to put out fires on people's yeah. head? <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> that, that, that is not really true. I, I, uh, <laughs> so it may be true, but as we move forward, it won't be true because mm -hmm. the way we're doing it now is we're putting systems in place so that the whole team understands my day. Mm -hmm. So everybody supports my day. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is everybody gets access to my CRM. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets ac access to my schedule and actually can put somebody into my schedule. So all jokes aside, what does your day look like? Um, <laughs> is it just different. chaos? Like, I walk, in, I walk into chaos every day. Like, do you no, have any tools? Really yeah. So do you? Yeah, it's not chaos, but um, organized. It's chaotic. chaotic. <laughs> yeah, I like so, um, so uh, are there tools or things that you use to help manage your one busy schedule, or um, you know, balancing things out? Because I know that there's more to life than work. And so like, what are some things and to get the level of production that you need to do in order for all of this to happen, you've got to have some kind of system of like, um, controlled chaos. Right. So everything again, it's not systems. chaotic, but everything's about systems. <laughs> everything's about systems, trying to put systematic to grow our team to where our team is being more productive or adding team members to the team. Either one is systematized. And we're getting better and better at that every day. You, you, one thing that's helped me a lot is figuring out what my one thing is. Mm -hmm. Like my one thing is doing events at a high level. Mm -hmm. So once a month we try to do an event. It isn't necessarily me running it. It's me coordinating. Mm -hmm. um, it's the best thing that I can do for having other agents that aren't with us to understand our culture. It's the best thing to grow our agents into high production. So that became my one thing as now that that is, is in place at a high level. Now that now my new one thing is wall of value, teaching our agents what our value proposition is at a high level, just like they should be teaching their personal value proposition, which should marry up with ours when you're in front of a seller. getting mm -hmm. So this year, it's all about the value proposition or wall of value, whatever you want to call that piece to where we're taking that at a high level. Cause Keller Williams is, is a, a absolute amazing organization. We do so much for the community. We do so much for our agents. It's, it's amazing beyond belief, but we don't share how amazing we are mm. to even our own agents. So we'll have an agent, go from this interdependent model, not even to a dependent model, clear back to the 1970s model mm -hmm. of dependent because they think their broker is going to give them a fish and we teach people how to fish mm -hmm. at a high level. So to see that makes me say, okay, moving forward, our one thing is, is um, wall of value and value proposition. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just have a focus and then you move to it. So you probably just show up early, get you know, her done. Yeah, I started. If I'm going to be an agent, I'm going to. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. You're a friend with more zeros. I still stand by that. So, okay. So typical day, 
there's no such thing. Um, okay, so <laughs> so one of the things um, in preparation for visiting, I asked you what was something you're passionate about talking to agents about, and um, you said it was open houses, which you mentioned, new, new home construction and learn before you earn. And you touched on um, the open houses and learn before you earn. Um, so do you want to expand on the new home construction? Sure. Piece? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I'm doing this year that I wasn't able to do last year is uh, we're going to teach how to communicate with builders. So I don't want our agents going out and soliciting, of course, a home that's already, but if there's lots or if there's homes that are, are there's just a lot of ways to communicate with a builder because a builder needs more in some ways, but different in other ways than a typical home consumer where you're going to sell one home to them every five to seven years. A builder, as you grow them, they may be only building three or four houses a year, but if you're, if you're growing them and you're a leader of that team, you can take a builder to 30, 40 a year or even more. So I'm going to start that process of this, this particular uh, Keller Williams here in Kalisbell is we do quite a bit of new construction, but with my expertise and background, we should be doing, we should have half of that market. Right. So that's it's kind of a special opportunity. It really is a unique opportunity. There's so much land here priced affordable. There's so many good builders here that could be building 40 or 50 year, want to build 40 or 50 year and can't get past two. Mm -hmm. So they need that, that piece. Well, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you feel like, team leaders and realtors who are really growing their business could find value in knowing I what I missed. <laughs> <laughs> so like if you could think of one thing, <laughs> one thing that I missed that you just feel like, no, I can't go without sharing this. <laughs> hire, hire sooner than you think. Mm. Even if it's part-time, you can hire somebody five hours a week. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's 10 bucks an hour, 50 bucks a week to help organize, set up systems, help be a transaction coordinator to where they're closing the transaction for you. That is, that is the most important. You don't go to a doctor and sign the paperwork in the lobby with the doctor. <laughs> right. You get your blood pressure done with the doctor. And you don't go to the doctor and say, why haven't you hired? And he says, oh, I don't have time to train someone. Right. You know, <laughs> like, exactly. you take the time to. You take the time to hire. You take the time to hire right. You hire sooner than you think you need to. And there's so many opportunities now with technology to hire virtual. There's so many people that are just looking for an extra 50, 100 bucks a week part time. Um, that's it. That's it. Okay. That's one thing that I didn't. Hire soon, hire slow. <laughs> yeah, definitely hire slow. That is, and fire you didn't catch that earlier. <laughs> so, um, well, awesome. Okay, so this is my last question, and it isn't going to come at all to as a surprise to you. I know I, of all the interviews I've done, I have another podcast called Chat and Grow, and I've interviewed just a ton of people for that as well. I've never missed a podcast having asked this, but usually it's a surprise. You will not be surprised because you know me very, very well. Um, I'm a huge foodie. So what is your favorite dish and where can that be found? Favorite dish and where can it be found? 
I used to say, what's your favorite restaurant? And what do you like to order there? But sometimes people just like mashed potatoes at their own house, you know, so. Right. But I'm usually looking for restaurant recommendations, quite honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, selfishly, yes. But I really, this is honestly, this is our chance to, you know, get to know you too. So you don't have to like answer it how you would honestly answer it. The juice bar. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you order at the juice bar? Uh, It's it's kind of a a spinoff of Joe's Juice, you know, Fat Sick and Early Dead, where it's oh, yeah. mostly cucumber, celery. They got, you can sweeten it at a level with, with apple. I usually try to downplay that, and that's got ginger. Oh, yeah. It's just a good drink. Awesome. Well, so your favorite cup. It's my favorite <laughs> cup. Definitely Joe's Juice at some level. And there's <laughs> great places right here locally. There's four health food stores in the Kalispell. Oh, my gosh. That four. is incredible. Isn't that amazing? In Montana. Kalispell, Montana. Kalispell. Uh, and then on, there's another one right there. There's another one in Folsom and South. I think Montana's killing it. I think people are getting out so there right and getting healthy. Six. I know. Right here. Just right. saying. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, John, yeah. for being our guest today. It's just been really fun to get to ask you all these kind of questions again, just like old times. And then um, only, I think the last time I did, I was doing, I was asking you questions for your own shows and and things so this is really quite the table's turn so it's been really fun and and i appreciate you taking time out of your busy day for it um well and everybody thank you so much for listening uh thanks to taylor who's back home we are in Cowsville, montana and she's in billings montana and um to our whole production team thank you so much and remember the best is yet to come breakaway agent is produced by omh agency and hosted by tiffany youngren A special thanks to production assistance by Taylor Hill, Dwayne Youngren, and Miranda Youngren. The song Beside Me is by Youngren Music, and a special thanks to our audio production advisor and engineer, Alex Youngren.